We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the DFS OGs podcast right here on Roto-Grinders Talking Everything Week 7. We'll break down each and every game for you starting with Thursday night here in Part 1. We'll cover all the early games. In Part 2, we'll cover the rest of the games. And the best part of the show, we'll answer some user questions at the end of that. So come on back for Part 2. That will be posted sometime tomorrow. But Part 1 will be football. We'll try to give you the analysis to help you. Take down some big money. I'm your host, Chris, Beer Makers fan, Prince, joined as always by the OGs, Chop Noto. Guys, how was week six? Chop, we'll get started with you. Week six was something I'd rather put in my rearview mirror. That was pretty bad. So uh, I don't even, it was just bad on all accounts football, NFL, college, all of it. So. Yeah, I'll, let's move on, man. <laughs> You're meaning to tell me you didn't end up on the Brock Osweiler, Albert Wilson stack somehow to win a million dollars. Quite the opposite. I was actually uh, almost all in on the Bears defense when I heard Big Brock was starting. But, you know, that's just the way that week went. That's, there's, there you go. S- summarize the whole week in, in one thing. It's, uh, I was on the Bears, and, and Brock did that to the Bears defense. Unbelievable. Now, I was talking to a buddy of mine. I said, I could have probably built a 1,000 lineups and not ended up on Brock Osweiler, to be honest with you. So, kudos to that guy, but it just shows you how crazy this season has been. So, sounds like a pouring out for week six for me and for Chop. Derek, please tell us some good news. Are we making it three for three? Oh, man. In terms of DFS, yeah, I'm right there with you guys. Uh, I believe I got $5 back. And, uh, Ooh, I, nice. Nice. <laughs> and I, I didn't even – didn't even uh, play any entry below $9, so uh, that's how bad uh, the week was. I uh, had fun in Denver, but uh, you know I don't swear all that often, but I froze my ass off on Sunday. Uh, yeah, I mean, other than having fun in Denver, it was not uh, the best week for me. All right, so we'll all pour one out to week six, and that's the beauty of Daily Fantasy Sports. You turn the page, you move on to the next week. Now, unfortunately, guys, we have to move on to Thursday night. And this game, not too exciting, Derek. Speaking of Denver, 
We have Denver, and we have Arizona as our Thursday night island game here. So, as always, let's cover it from the showdown pricing here. What are we seeing here? Who are you looking at for that captain spot on DraftKings? But it looks like an ugly game to me. But we got to play somebody, Derek. Who's it going to be here, Broncos and Cardinals? Yeah, once again, uh, my showdown uh, record has not been good so far this season, but I'll give my thoughts on it anyway. I like David Johnson as my captain. I think uh, really good spot for him. The Broncos have given up over 500 rushing yards to Crowell, Powell, and Gurley over the last two games. Uh, DJ has gotten a lot of work inside the red zone. Probably should have had a couple more touchdowns uh, you know, last week. So I think he's going to be my captain. Uh, don't mind looking at Ricky Sills-Jones. Pretty nice matchup against the Broncos. Uh, Likely going to see Chris Harris on Fitzgerald. So, um, yeah, I think those two would be the guys that I like over in Arizona. Now on the Broncos, the only player that I really see here is Manuel Sanders. He's had five red zone targets over the last two games. Marys Thomas likely going to see some of Patrick Peterson, so not a ton of interest there. And then we have the three-way split when it comes to their running backs. Um, I do think you can play the defenses here, especially uh, Arizona's D. Uh, they have a good pass rush, and Denver just lost their left guard. So maybe you just play defenses, kickers, and David Johnson. That may be it. I mean, I'd love to attack this Arizona team with a running back, but but who do we play? Lindsey, 7,600. Freeman all the way down to 5,600. And even Booker uh, getting snaps down at 3K. So, Chop, you're the short slate expert here amongst us. So thoughts here on this Cardinals and Broncos game. Yo, before we even get to this game – I gotta, I got, I gotta get, I gotta get one out. I gotta get something off my chest here. I'm sitting here trying to do this podcast, and right before I got on, I realized one of the smoke detectors had a low battery. What in the? Can't they make? We're in 2018. Can we do this a little bit easier, guys? Besides trying to search for that low battery, and not, I mean, what is going on here? What in the? This is crazy stuff. I just got to do the podcast with that thing beeping in the background but that's i mean the technology guys come on man i think i, I think we could do it a little bit better than this man but let me stay on the subject while we're here real quick because mine always go the last one went off at like 2 30 in the morning oh my god my, dude. it was in my bedroom and i have the high ceiling where you're not just grabbing the thing you gotta go all the way downstairs you gotta get the ladder you're waking everybody up because you're banging the damn ladder on the stairs on the wall the wife's bitching at you get this thing done up on a ladder at three in the morning, changing a battery. So I'm totally with you. Like we, we got to be able to figure this out. That and cell phone batteries. Can, can I get a phone where my or a battery where my phone doesn't die halfway through the day? That's all we're asking here. So Derek, you want to add anything to that before we get the chops football analysis? Oh yeah, my my house is a little older too, so I can never find the one that's beeping. I'm always just standing right underneath it, and still can't tell which one it is. So yeah, the, the hunt for red October, I guess. So chop. Let's talk Cardinals and Broncos now that we're done with fire alarms. Showdown slate is always you could just throw stuff at a wall and hope it sticks as long as your team makes sense and it plays off of each other pretty well. So for me, I got a feeling David Johnson is going to be the most popular guy. I don't even mind fading David Johnson in a showdown slate, uh, taking that chance. I mean, I I read the numbers on him where, like – He's averaging like three yards a carry or something terrible like that. Almost all of his carries are right up the middle. I mean, I know Denver's leaky on defense with the run, but this this offense is no Todd Gurley. You know, this is a this is this are, Arizona. Our offense is pretty bad, so I, I wouldn't mind fading David Johnson. I'll take a shot on I'll take a shot on Christian Kirk because he really looks good with the new quarterback change. 
I'll take a shot on Ricky Seals Jones. Um, he's looking better. He, he, he was all right last week. And uh, then on the flip side, I will definitely have plenty of exposure to Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay. I'll, I'll hope that it's a uh, run heavy Denver attack on this Arizona defense. And that's the way I'll go. And if I, if I'm picking a wide receiver, Emmanuel Sanders looks like the clear cut uh, preferred option for Case Keenum. Yeah. These two teams are both bottom four and fantasy points allowed to the running back. So <laughs> I think this is a great spot to pick that spot. I agree. Somewhat chop. You might want to fade David Johnson in some lineups, but and other ones, I think you got to have some exposure there. Denver's given up big games back-to-back to Isaiah Crowell and Todd Gurley. So the, the passing usage for David Johnson is what's frustrating. We keep saying, are they going to figure it out? Well, we're six, seven weeks into the season. I don't know that they're going to figure it out all of a sudden here, especially on a short week. So an interesting game, but a 41 total, not a lot to love there. So play the slate. I wouldn't go crazy on it. Take a shot like Chop said, see what sticks. But – I agree, Derek. Kickers, defense is maybe the way to go in that one. All right, let's move on to the main slate here. Let's start with Tennessee and the Chargers chop. Looks like an early start here. Must be a London game, I'm guessing. So let's start with Tennessee. I mean, how in the hell do you give up more sacks than passes completed by your quarterback? I mean, that is a feat in of itself. Uh, yeah, these guys are – these guys are struggling for sure. And what's what's weird about the Tennessee thing last week was that, you know, the strength of their team is their offensive line and how they got demolished like that. I have no idea. So I'm kind of glad this is, you know, a 8.30 in the morning game overseas and we really don't have to deal with it on the main slate. It's a pretty pretty boring game, if you ask me. I think uh, the Chargers defense is in good shape. To I mean, Tennessee just doesn't look good right now. Mariota's just – I don't know. He's struggling with that injury. He's just – he doesn't look – they got one weapon. That's Corey Davis. Outside of him, you don't have to worry about anything on this team. On the flip side, the Chargers actually look good. Last week it was Tyrell Williams. Any any week now it'll be Keenan Allen again. We've seen Mike Williams have big weeks. Melvin Gordon is the steady guy in here. You could always, always play Melvin Gordon and that'd be fine. But I'm kind of glad this is off the main slate. I don't want to have to deal with it, but – I, you know, the Chargers could go anywhere for their offense, and Tennessee has one spot, and that's Corey Davis. So it's a, it's an odd game. Yeah, and we know Tennessee playing very slow, you know, not a lot of pace. So, like I said, this one, if you're going to play the full week slate, you're going to deal with this one. If not, I'm, I'm with you. I'm glad it's not on the main slate. A pretty much an easy fade for me. As good as Melvin Gordon's been playing, Derek, I, I have a hard time going there, even in this matchup. So thoughts here real quick, and then we'll get to the real main slate, starting with the next game. Yeah, I think if I'm playing the Thursday to Monday slate, I'm not having anyone from this game. Uh, if you're playing, there's probably going to be a showdown uh, pricing for this one, I'd imagine, on Sunday morning. So maybe you can get your exposure to, to it that way. But not in love with it. Agree with you guys. Mariota looked awful last week. You took 11 hits, and all of them were sacks, which is kind of crazy. Deion Lewis ended up uh, you know, getting 73% of the snaps, but they were playing from behind. So for now, I'm just going to avoid that situation. Maybe Corey Davis will be locked up against Casey Hayward if you want to take a deep tournament play on Taewon Taylor. But, yeah, it's going to be the Chargers for me. I like Gordon uh, you know, in, in the smaller slate. And then uh, if you want to look at Keenan Allen, he's had zero touchdowns in his last five games, but uh, 40 targets during that stretch. So, eventually, uh, as Chop would say, touchdown progression. There you go. There you go. go. A little progression. So, Chop, normally our breaking news guy, but I, I, something just came across my desk. So I want to oh. pass it along here. Devonta Freeman placed on injured reserve, going to be out for the season. So oh, wow. not a team we're going to cover on the main slate, but we'll cover it 
when we get to Monday Night Football, I think it's interesting. Tevin Coleman and old Judge Ito Smith playing well. So we'll cover that in part two. But let's get to the main slate here, Derek. Cleveland and Tampa, a game that we definitely want some exposure to. Total looking like 50, close spread in this one. And Tampa's defense giving up about 35 points a game. Is this a spot for Baker Mayfield, for Jarvis Landry, the rest of this Cleveland offense to get healthy? Yeah, one of my third and wrongs from last week was Jarvis Landry. Just absolutely killed me. It seemed like uh, every time Baker threw in the ball, it was just a terrible throw or got picked off. Uh, so I'm hoping for a bounce back game from those two. Uh, if this isn't it, you know, I don't know where they're going to find it. But a great matchup against the Buccaneers. Uh, they are 32nd in DVOA against the pass. And they have the lowest adjusted sack rate of any team in the slate. So hopefully Baker's going to have some time. I do like pairing him up with Landry. That's just fine with me. I also like Njoku. 12 targets last week against the Chargers, which was a tough matchup. Now he gets the Bucks, who are 30th in DVOA against tight ends. So it's going to be all three, all things Browns here. I actually don't mind the running backs. You know, Carlos Hyde getting a ton of work inside the red zone. Have Duke Johnson over 50% of the snaps in the last two games. So lots to like on that side, and you can certainly uh, play some of the Bucks as well. Uh, Winston looked pretty good last week. I think he ended up being the highest scoring quarterback of the slate. And then their running backs, Peyton Barber. Ended up playing 62% of the snaps, had that big game. Uh, Jones and Rodgers, both under 20%. And it looks like uh, Barber's pretty cheap again, 3,800. I know uh, the Browns have a pretty decent defense overall, but they haven't been great against the running back position. So I do think uh, people are going to look Barber's way a little bit. And Mike Evans, always going to be in play uh, anytime Winston's under center. Yeah, again, these are two teams, bottom 10 of the league against the running back position. But, you know, last week, Tampa was, do we want to play Ronald Jones? Do we want to play Peyton Barber? It was Barber having the big game. So, Chop, Tampa fires their defensive coordinator. Is it going to make any bit of a difference here? Are they going to figure it out here against Cleveland? No, uh, they don't. No, I don't think so. Uh, this is the kind of, man, yeah, it's the kind of stuff I like is when you get a team like Cleveland who's going to kind of fly under the radar. I know it's a good matchup, but, you know, people are kind of bored with the whole Mayfield thing and Jarvis Landry let them down. Man, I, I think you could go to any one of these pass catchers, Landry, Callaway, Njoku, Mayfield, uh, even maybe even at some point here a couple of weeks ago, it looked like they were getting Duke Johnson a little bit more involved. Maybe even Duke Johnson here if you think Tampa Bay is going to jump out and, and, make them, and make Cleveland pass a little bit. So I like the whole passing game for Cleveland. I'll be – I'll be very heavy on that. On the flip side, I, I, I agree with the the Jameis Winston kind of makes this thing go, man. Jameis Winston's in there. Mike Evans is is typically going to be the guy he looks, looks to. I like a little Mike Evans, even though Mike let me down last week against Atlanta. But, you know, not an easy matchup out there with that particular cornerback. So I'll give him a pass and run it back again this week. Uh, Deshaun is the guy who always seems to me since they signed him last year is kind of the guy who gets left out in the cold when Jameis is quarterbacking. So not sure I want to go there with Deshaun Jackson. A uh, little bit surprised. Well, I've, I've been getting Humphreys and Godwin wrong quite a bit this year. When I thought it was going to be Godwin, Humphreys was coming in stealing all the targets last week. I was like, all right, let's go with some Humphreys. And of course, it's Godwin who's getting all the looks. So I don't know what to do there. Maybe just stick to Mike Evans, but O.J. Howard looks good. I don't know how he miraculously covered from a three- to six-week <laughs> knee injury and comes out, catches a touchdown and 50 yards worth of passes, and 
He looks so like he never even suffered anything, but I guess that's the beauty of being young and in shape. Uh, I don't know about those days anymore, but you could run O.J. Howard's perfectly fine, you know, in my opinion. So, yeah, I like the pass. Passing in both these games look really, really solid. Yeah, for sure. So, Chopped, how long would you be on the shelf with that injury? Man, I have to say that I uh, I was doing some a little work on my car about two months ago, and I must have just – been kneeling in the wrong position because I woke up the next morning and my knee hurt and it's two months later and my knee still hurts and I wouldn't I don't even want to get out of bed someday so I don't even know what I would do with a severe knee injury like Howard suffered but I can't even handle a little tweak anymore like this without suffering for two months yeah the OGs were getting up there in age man. so that's the difference OJ versus OGs and uh, the question is, well Derek's too young I know Derek's way too young for this but the question is at what point do you pull the trigger and go to the old the old finger doctor, the one who, you know, oh, the, old yeah. moon, the moon river doctor. That's yeah. at some point you got to do that. I haven't done that yet, but I'm, I'm contemplating. You just, I, you know, you never know. I need to get out there and get these tests done, but whew, I'm not looking forward to that. One. No, I think they said 50. So I, you know, I don't know. I just crossed the 40 line recently, we got 10 more years of podcast before I have to think about that one, but all right, enough of the finger, Doc. Let's move on here. <laughs> Carolina and Philadelphia. Looks like a fun game in the NFC. Both teams wouldn't say necessarily need a win here, but both teams with three wins could certainly use this game. So, Chop, looks like a fun football game. What about fantasy-wise? Any fantasy production here in this one? Total sitting at about 45. What do you see in Carolina and Philadelphia? Yeah, I like it. It's not a big total. It's not a sexy game, but I think – I think there's pieces we could turn to. Cam Newton is always in play for tournaments. I mean, I think I remember looking up last week and seeing um, he was sitting, sitting at about 24 points, had a very average stat line. And, uh, you know, Jameis is over there throwing for 400 yards and four touchdowns, and Jameis was sitting at like 34 points. And I remember thinking, hey, like, it's a 10-point it's a disparity there, but that's not really that much when you consider that Newton's having just a very mundane game. Jameis is crushing it as much as he'll crush it all year long. And the gap isn't really that huge. So, like, the running of Cam Newton always puts him in play for tournaments. So, absolutely love the Cam Newton. I, I think Funchess is better now that Olsen is back. Takes a little pressure off of him, and it showed last week. And McCaffrey's always in the mix. Philadelphia, I think, can definitely at home get after this Carolina pass defense so not an I'm not a big Alshon Jeffrey fan anymore I just think his limited upside he's dependent on on touchdowns so I'll stick with Nelson Aguilar and Zach Ertz as my connections and I don't think I want to touch the small wood Clement you know thing going on here against Carolina Carolina might be a little bit better against the run than I want to play for those split carries yeah, Cam can continue to just put up numbers. I mean, the price went down. He was 6,100 last week. He's 5,900 now, and he basically gives you 3 to 4X every single time he takes the field. So I watched a lot of that game, and like said, Chop, it was ugly. But at the end of the day, he finds a way to get there. So a guy I'm definitely willing to go back to. I think he's got one of the higher ceilings at the position each and every week. So Derek, thoughts there on Cam Newton under 6K and then the rest of Panthers and Eagles. I definitely agree on Cam, one of my favorite quarterback plays of the week. Philly, you can beat them through the air. They're very good against the run. So I do think this sets up well for Christian McCaffrey in the passing game. Uh, he's averaging eight targets per game this season. Uh, and it should be an interesting battle between the trenches. Uh, Philly, number two in adjusted run, uh, adjusted line yards in terms of their defensive line. 
Carolina number two uh, in terms of their offensive line. So it should be int- interesting there, but I do like the the Cam Newton call. Uh, don't mind pairing him up with McCaffrey. Uh, don't mind Funches, but probably going to be looking elsewhere. And then on the Philly side, it's all Zach Ertz for me. He's had at least 10 targets in every single – or nine targets in every single game. Carolina 27th uh, in DVA against tight ends. And I agree with you guys. I don't really want to mess with that backfield. Sounds like uh, Sproles is getting closer to returning as well, which would only – make it even more confusing uh, in terms of the snap counts. So Derek, while we're on earth, 7,100 for a tight end. Normally everyone's going to tell you, play cheap tight ends, can't play expensive tight ends. I probably haven't built many rosters as we record early in the week, but you think he's a guy that we can fit in cash games or is it probably only a tournament play for you? Uh, definitely over on FanDuel. We talk about it a lot, paying up the tight ends a lot easier over there. But, yeah, I definitely think you can uh, play him on tournaments on DraftKings. It's just going to come down to roster construction. This is a season where the cheap tight ends just haven't really been working out like they have in the past. Uh, I know it's an easy route to take, but uh, it's going to pay off if you uh, pay up the tight end and, you know, they have one of those 100-yard and a touchdown type of games. All right, let's move on. Next game, we have Minnesota and the Jets. Pretty close spread here. Minnesota favored by about three on the road. 47 looks to be the total in this one. And, Derek, how about Adam Thielen? I mean, this dude just continues to get it done. 100 yards receiving in every single game this season. Pretty much over 19 fantasy points in every one, but 27 or more fantasy points on DraftKings in five of the six games, up to 86 does he just become a plug-and-play here, or is it Stefan Diggs, who I know we all like at 7,200? How are we handling Vikings and Jets? Yeah, Thielen has just been been crazy. I mean, 13.5 targets per game, 32% market share on a team that loves to air it out. He gets short targets. He gets deep targets. So he has that floor. He has a ceiling. Uh, you mentioned the 27-plus fantasy points and five straight. Uh, he's just awesome, and 8,600 seems like a lot for Thielen, but if you just look at the workload that he's getting, he's certainly viable here. Uh, even if Dalvin Cook's ending up uh, playing, he'll probably be in a time split with Murray, so I do think they're going to air it out once again. Uh, I like digs in tournaments. Everyone always talks about Thielen, so that does lead to lower ownership, uh, but I actually like the three-man stack. You can play Diggs, Thielen, and Cousins because that market share is so concentrated around those two wide receivers. Uh, definitely like that stack in tournaments for the Jets side. Not a lot to love here. I mean, the running backs are still getting, you know, 50-50 or their aroundabouts. Uh, Powell's still out-touching Crowell just a little bit, but Crowell has been more effective. Uh, in terms of their wide receivers, you know, Kurtz had the big game uh, last week. Anunwa's going to look like he's going to be out, so maybe you go back to Kurtz. 4100 seems like a good price there. Maybe you go to Robbie Anderson. Um, yeah, not a great matchup. He'll probably get Xavier Rhodes. So overall, I'll probably just be stacking uh, the three guys from Minnesota, maybe bring it back with uh, Curse on the Jets. Yeah, I really like Curse. I think he steps into that Anunwa role, and we saw it, 10 targets, nine catches in that game. So a lot of people say it's chasing points. Well, somebody's going to have to catch the ball here, and you know, pretty high total, pretty close spread. I think we could get a closer game than people realize. So Curse at 4,100 I think is one of the better value plays, taking an early look at things. Chop, Vikings, Jets. Adam Thielen, going to keep rolling him out there, or is it Stefan Diggs week? Yo, I think I got to go Diggs here. I think I got to go Diggs over Thielen this week. Uh, if for no other reason, the fact that, uh, yeah, I just think it's a mental thing now. Like, all right, Kirk Cousins, no, you know, like 
everybody's talking about Thielen. Like this is the first week I can remember where everybody's like, oh, Thielen is one of the best in the NFL. He's kind of flown under the radar for a while now. Now everybody, now he's out there on ESPN. He's one of the top. Like, I remember they were doing some rankings uh, last night and people were putting him at number two in the NFL for all the receivers out there, which is fine. But I got to think that uh, inside the locker room, they're kind of subconsciously looking at it going, all right, we need to get Diggs involved now. Like we're not, we can't isolate Diggs here. Thielen's great, but let's get Diggs this week and, and hook him up. So I'm on Diggs this week, and that's just the way I play sometimes. I know the, uh, the analytics guys out there are laughing at me. I'm fine with that. I'm going to play by instinct, and I think my instinct is I want to take Diggs over Thielen this week. Can't touch the running backs this week. They, Latavius treated me very well last week, but there's a whole different situation right here. And on the flip side, Darnold looks solid. So, yeah, I'm, I totally agree with everything you guys said about Jermaine Curse, and that's the, that's the route you want to take. But the Vikings are a tough defense. Uh, in all honesty, I'm, it would be tough for me to pull the trigger on any of these guys this week. And the Vikings, I mean, in name, they're a tough defense. But, you know, they, they lost some pieces. They're dealing with some injuries. And they just haven't been as good of a defense. And I think that reflects in the total. So, the Jets, not a sexy team, not a team we run out the roster guys from. But – I think this is a spot where you could pick your spots, and I do think Darnold to curse could be interesting. All right, let's move on to the next game. We got Detroit and Miami. No spread yet on this game as of now. So we're waiting to see it. Brock, I swallow Why not? Why Make is there not a spread on this game? I'm guessing because of Ryan Tannehill and old Brock Osweiler, but – yeah, Osweiler adds three points, you know. I mean, why, why the hell would we – it's Tannehill. Is he really that much of an upgrade to where we got to wait on a spread, Vegas? Come on, man. Right. So, I saw an interesting stat, though. Brock Osweiler, his first game with Denver, beat the Bears. First game with Houston, beat the Bears. First start with Miami, beat the Bears. So, clearly wow. that's a matchup that he can thrive in. But do we dare go back to the well here, Chop? Why didn't you tell me that last week, Bear? <laughs> that's That's amazing. <laughs> That's an amazing stat, man. Yeah, I wish I would have known that. Yeah, no, I wish I, I would have known that before the game started. Maybe I could have won a million dollars. But uh, yeah, I'm man. The back. But do we dare even go back to this well? Again, no way. I well. just no. Well. I can't. I can't. I can't. Uh, like I'm down here in San Antonio, and when they want to show football on TV, you know the local stuff. I usually get stuck with a lot of the Houston Texans games, so I got to see Oswaller plenty on TV, full games, man. No, thank you. I'm going to pass. That guy's – I don't know how he pulled that out of his ass last week, but he did it. Props to him, but I'm not trusting that guy ever, ever again. So, yeah, I'm passing on that one. Uh, but it is the Detroit matchup. It could be something that they could – man, so tough here because I want to pull the trigger on Kenyon Drake, but, man, he goal line fumble last week almost cost him the game in overtime. Frank Gore actually looks good. I mean – Oh, gee. Speaking of OG, nah, you ain't lying. Like, I would have never, never in a million years thought he would look this spry this year in Miami, but he looked great against the Chicago defense, ran right through him. So, and I think right now at this point, it's pretty clear the most talented wide receiver that gets any kind of volume in this offense is Albert Wilson. He's just a playmaker. So I think you could fire up Albert Wilson. I think you could fire up. I, I want to go Kenyon Drake, but. I'm, I am worried about the fumble and the volume and Frank Gore eating into it, so maybe I'll pass on that one. But ah, we got to be able to take players against Detroit. They're, that's not a good defense. So on the flip side, though, yeah, just Matthew Stafford. It should be nice and rested now, and I think he'll have a field day against the secondary. And uh, you know what? A nice sneaky play might be carry on Johnson. The more I look at Miami, the more they get 
you know, they can give it up through the middle. I don't want to – that's kind of why I was on Jordan Howard last week, but he screwed that up by fumbling at the goal line himself and then got benched for about a quarter and a half, didn't get any touches at all. So maybe carry on, who's looked really good in his limited time, can eat this defense up. But Detroit is just pick your poison, which one. You know, you go Stafford, Galladay, Tate, Marvin Jones, all the threat to have good games against Miami here. Yeah, and Jones back down to 4,900 again. So we, we talked about it the one week he was under 5K. I mean, he, he didn't do much, but he did score. I think he's another guy you can go back to. But coming off the bye week, Derek, did, did they finally figure out Carrion Johnson is our best running back? Let's get this dude the ball, or you think it's going to be more of the same with Riddick and with Blunt? Because these two teams, again, two of the worst teams against the run, we have to take advantage of it somehow. Can we do it with Carrion Johnson? I'd like to, uh, for sure. But before their last game, they came out and said that he's getting enough work. Uh, and then he played 47% of the snaps. I kind of figure he's going to be right around that 50% mark. I don't hate the play. But this game projects as the slowest paced one of the week uh, for me. And Miami ranked in the top 10 in both uh, pass DVOA and run DVOA. And that's before last week, um, you know, in their big game last week. So, not really sure what to expect uh, from the Detroit side. I'm probably going to be underweight on the field in both their passing game and their running game. In terms of Miami, yeah, I'm not going to be playing Brock Osweiler. Uh, you talked about chasing points with Curse. I think this is going to be uh, chasing points a little bit. Drake did look pretty good. I know he lost that fumble, but he did come back and have that big first down uh, that helped them get that field goal. I do think he's going to be viable at 4,900. And how is the self-proclaimed best yards after catch receiver in the NFL, only $4,000. I don't, I don't understand why he didn't get the price bump. I don't know. That's, he's going to be very popular this week coming off that big game. So I don't know why they don't get that guy more involved, get him to get the ball in his hands more often, but that is the Miami Dolphins. So we'll see about that one. All right, let's move on. Maybe the game of the week here in New England and Chicago. Chicago coming off that, that loss in Miami was a tough one. Should have won that game, obviously, but didn't in New England. What a game that was, you guys. I mean, Sunday Night Football was a ton of fun with New England and Kansas City. Now they go on the road to Chicago. Maybe any letdown here, Derek. Coming off that emotional win at home, Chicago coming off a loss. Who responds in this one? Yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, big win for the Patriots. Terrible loss for the Bears. So uh, just given the nature of the NFL, probably going to be a decent bounce back spot for Chicago. Uh, or Mac is dealing with an ankle injury a little bit. Maybe that will help, uh, you know, the Patriots offensive line keep Brady upright. We know that the best way to beat the Patriots is with a good pass rush. And the Bears do have the best pass rush in the NFL. So uh, interesting – or you got to keep an eye on Mac throughout the week as long as he's fine. Um, probably downgrade Brady just a little bit. Sonny Michelle's looked really good, and he's already had 21 red zone opportunities this season. That is the fourth most of any running back in the NFL. Josh Gordon, nice uh, bump in playing time, played 81% of the snaps, saw nine targets, and they look to get him involved early. Uh, Julian Edelman's always viable. But the guy that I just don't know what to do with is Gronk. I mean, he only had four targets, 99% of the snaps, which was interesting. Uh, but he has one red zone target all year. So I don't know what to do with Gronk. Um, do you guys just think there's something wrong with him? They're hiding an injury, or is he just getting older? Um, so interested, interested to hear your thoughts on that. Then on the other side, don't love a ton of plays here. This is a good matchup. I think it's uh, a Cohen week over Jordan Howard. Uh, his snaps have been going up. Howard's have been going down. It was close to 50-50 last week. We know Cohen's obviously the better pass catcher uh, of the two. Then Taylor Gabriel leads the Bears uh, wideouts in red zone targets uh, and inside the 10-yard line. 
He's also uh, you know up there in air yards as well. So Gabriel and Cohen are probably going to be the two that I look to from Chicago. As I like to say, things I never thought I'd see in 2018 is Gronk $1,100 cheaper than Ertz, $700 cheaper than Kelsey, and only $600 more expensive than Eric freaking Ebron Chop. So it's a great question. I mean, he looked pretty good on that last catch when he broke through and beat a defender down the field. But any concerns with Gronk and then Chicago's side, I'm going to get my third and wrong out here, and it was Jordan Howard. You know, I really thought this was a good bounce-back spot against Miami. Somehow – landed on him in cash games to pair up with the Bears defense, and we know how that ended up. So, Gordon <laughs> Howard, my third and wrong. But, Chop, thoughts on Gronk, New England, and then the rest of this Patriots and Bears game? Uh, well, we could uh, – speaking of Jordan Howard and my one season-long league that I drafted him in, you know, with my buddies, uh, you could pour one out for that team over there. They're one in, That team is one in five. Uh-oh. looks terrible. I might have to start tanking to get the number one pick next year. I'm – just about done with it. Uh, well, just keep playing Jordan Howard. He'll be fine. Yeah, I'm, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I picked up Winston off the waiver wires over there and put up put up that big game, and I thought I was cruising. Check the scoreboard because I only check it like once a week. Check the scoreboard. That dude had had that Thursday night game with Wentz and all those guys that went crazy in that game, Saquon. So I was, I was already, man, one in five. So pour one out for that team. <laughs> done over there. But – I only do one season long anymore, so that's fine. I'm doing <sighs> what to do with Gronk. I think you just kind of like bench Gronk here. I mean, I think eventually he has a good game, and he may have a couple of them this year. But right now, he's such a good blocker. There, I think they're okay using him as a run blocker. And uh, Michelle's getting a lot, lot of work here. In addition to that, when they do go to pass, you got James White, you got Josh Gordon, Edelman. Hogan, you know, you got so many options out here that, like, where does he really fit in? Is he ever going to dominate week in and week out again? No, I don't think I don't think the target share is ever going to be there. So I think you're looking at one or two or three big weeks throughout the whole year, and that's about it. So I don't I don't know if you want to play him week after week after week and beat your, beat your head into a wall. But I actually like the Chicago defense to make a make life really tough on Brady this week. And uh, I'm not sure I'm going to be on a lot of these New England. I think this is a big letdown spot here coming off that big win at home against Kansas City. You have to go on the road to Chicago against a top-notch defense. They didn't show it last week, but we know they are. And back at home, they're going to be even better. So I I may um, really lighten my percentage of ownership on New England this week. And for Chicago, I mean, let's face it, I think the number one wide receiver in this offense is Taylor Gabriel. He just comes in week in and week out and delivers. So I'm – I don't mind some Taylor Gabriel again. Why not? Uh, New England's obviously not a great defense. They showed that on Sunday night. So, Gabriel looks fine. Cohen, I'm totally impressed with Cohen. As much as I'm disappointed in Howard, part of the reason is because Cohen looks so good. So, I think you could play him too. And Burden hasn't stepped up this year the way I thought he would. So, maybe this is the week he does. Can we play James White? Because I'm looking at things, and again, things I never thought I'd say in 2018. James White, more expensive than Kareem Hunt. More expensive than David Johnson, but he's given us 14 or more fantasy points in every single game. 6,900, though. Chop, can we play James White? Yeah, I think on DraftKings you can. On FanDuel, I wouldn't do it. You're a little bit diminished on your on your point per reception stuff. But uh, on DraftKings, I think you can just because it just – I don't see Sony Michelle, 
carrying the rock 25 times and just banging into the Chicago defense like that. I think this is a game New England has to get a little bit tricky, and a little bit tricky usually features James White. Derek, same question. $6,900 price tag is hashtag nice, but uh, I will not be playing him. <laughs> well played. All right, let's move on. Next game, two games left here in part one of the DFS OGs podcast. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in once again here for week seven. Let's talk Buffalo and Indianapolis chop. Andrew Luck, you know, we, we, we bring him up each and every week. We have concerns. At the end of the day, though, the dude gets it done and puts fantasy numbers on the board. It might be ugly, might be ineffective, but he gets it done. Now going home, big favorites here at home against the Buffalo team that, look, they're not great, but they play very good defense, and I think that reflects in the total here. So do we go back to the Indianapolis offense in a 43-point total against this Bills defense? Uh, I think that this sets up okay for Andrew Luck and the Colts. I know Buffalo's been really good since that first first game of the year where they got blown out by Baltimore, but – you know, the best part of their secondary is a shutdown cornerback. Well, I mean, who's he going to be shutting down in this game? They don't, have a <laughs> they don't really have a receiver that really matters. That, that You know, he's, he's kind of wasted in this game. So, you know, Luck has all these targets to spread out. He's not, he's not biased or partial. So I think he's going to draw back and throw the ball a ton and hit, and hit all kinds of people for different targets. I'm, so I'm okay playing uh, – Indianapolis and Andrew Luck, I think you, you mix and match him with some pass catchers and you'll be all right. So uh, the flip side there, Buffalo, whew, that's a tough one. I think maybe this may be the week we see a LaShawn McCoy sighting. He hasn't had a, even a decent week all year long, but this might be the one, though. I'm certainly not going to mess with the passing game. As, as much as you can pick on Indianapolis, I mean, what are you going to – Nathan Peterman and yeah, Kelvin Benjamin. Defense. Zay Jones, you don't – there's no way, man. So the only thing I could even viably think about here is LaShawn McCoy. Things I never thought I'd say. Colts defense, Derek, fourth highest price defense. <laughs> but Nathan Peterman is the, the king of interceptions, pick sixes. So the Colts got to be of interest. What do you think they're on the defense in the rest of this game? Yeah, I was reading Derek Anderson might even draw the start here. Um, I don't know if that's better or worse. <laughs> I didn't even know he was in the league anymore. So, yeah, I definitely think the Colts' defense is viable. Uh, if you look at Luck, I mean, he's aired it out 62, 59, and 43 times over the last three games. But I don't think the Colts really want him to do that. This is a game where they're favored by more than a touchdown. Marlon Mack is back, looked really good last week. So maybe they try to establish the run a little bit more um, in a game where they should be playing from ahead. But don't hate the luck play. Just probably not going to uh, you know, get there for me. I like Cam Newton and some of these other quarterbacks a little bit more. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be playing the NDD for sure. And then when it comes to the receivers for the Colts, it's going to matter on who's healthy. You know, Hilton, Grant, Doyle, all questionable right now. So kind of a wait-and-see approach for me. All right, let's move on to the last game here. And, Chop, I'm going to give you the floor here. Your, your team – Dominated Derek's team. Anything to say here? Man, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I <laughs> man, that was just whew. Derek. We smoked you guys, man. You you guys really ought to be ashamed of yourself after that one, man. I mean, you made, made a terrible Dallas offense look really good, but I'm I'm just glad we didn't make a bet. Oh, we, what do you mean we didn't make a bet? You didn't get my message? Son of a Derek, man. All right, so another Texas team here, Houston, going into Jacksonville. Chop, we'll get started with you. We'll let Derek lick his wounds here for a minute, and we'll get his thoughts. But Texans, let's be honest. The offense does not look great. You know, they, they, 
playing teams that they should be dominating at home and Watson, the numbers are there at the end of the day, kind of like we talked about with Luck, but it's been ugly. Now they go into Jacksonville, coming off that beatdown. We expected this to be one of the best defenses in the league, and let's be honest, we have not seen that. So what gives here? Does Jacksonville put it together, or does Houston's offense finally put it together? Who are we going? We're going to me first. Going to you first. Yeah, I'm scared. I'm scared of this Houston offense this week in a bad, like, as in I don't want to play them. I think Jacksonville comes out mean and nasty at home. And you're right, everything Houston show. I mean, Watson with those pass catchers ought to be dominating week in and week out. And he's looked very average until like fourth quarter when you got to turn it on kind of stuff. And that's not going to work against Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville's got a chip on their shoulder this week playing at home. It's a bad offensive line. I, I feel like Jacksonville's defense may be one of the uh, better defenses you could play this week. And uh, maybe they're going to get a little bit underappreciated because, you know, Deshaun Watson and Hopkins and Fuller and QT and people want to play those guys. So I think Jacksonville's defense is money. I don't like the Houston offense this week. And, uh, you know, I, Jacksonville's offense <laughs> – that looks ugly too, though. That looks yeah. as ugly as their defenses look. So, I don't know, man. We, you know, we wanted to uh, anoint Bortles as this big fantasy option when Fournette was out, but that just hasn't shown through these last few games. But if there's a defense he can get healthy against, I guess it's Houston. Houston hasn't looked good at all this year on defense for all the talent they have. So, I think maybe you could fire up a little D.D. Westbrook. That would be my preferred option. If Fournette is out again, then Yeldon, Yeldon would be okay and – and I guess you could fire up some Bortles too, but maybe this is a game where I'm fading offense and just just loading up on the Jacksonville defense. Yeah, I think that might be a smart move. A couple trends uh, in the line that opened up at minus three and a half for Jacksonville. It's up to five, five and a half in some spots, and the total has been bet down from 44 to I've seen as low as 41 and a half in a few spots. So I'm I'm in agreement. I think it's defense here. I don't see a lot offensively. I guess you could take a shot with one of these Jacksonville receivers, but we know that's playing roulette. Uh, Fournette, they said maybe back this week. I find that hard to believe. But, Derek, we gave you time to lick your wounds. Do your Jags respond here at home in division against Houston? I think they do. They've kind of lost their identity over the last couple of weeks, which is running the football, playing good defense. I really hope Fournette's going to be able to play this week. Uh, you know, Doug Marone said that he's hopeful, so uh, I'm right there with him. If he ends up playing, I think this is a game where they establish a run uh, and play some great defense. I'm definitely going to be loading up on the Jags' D. No interest in their passing game. Even if Fournette's out, I probably won't uh, go that route. Houston side, the only interest uh, on my end is Kiki QT. Uh, he only had five targets last week, but uh, Deshaun Watson only threw the ball 25 times, so that's still a 20% market share. And he's just a guy that's cheap. I mean, he's 4,300. He's been heavily involved. He's playing pretty much every snap. So uh, in a game where they could be trailing uh, and in a game where they're going to be paying a lot of attention to Hopkins, I think uh, QT could be interesting. I got to ask you to, since you're in the fan club of Lamar Miller, price is down to no, 4,200. No, 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 no. Don't put me in that fan club, man. <laughs> oh, you were in there. You've had your moment. I, I, I thought I could play him last week because, I mean, who thinks – who thinks Houston is going to, like, be stuck in the last minute of a game against Buffalo at home? Like, you th I thought they get, could get up and it was just going to be a game script play. But, man, Lamar Miller sucks, man. He did, he I, did I'm, what he does every week, 15. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's yeah. the line. Derek, um, Lamar Miller, are we, are we done? Are we going back to the well? What are we doing here? No, 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 yeah, I'm done. 
<laughs> All right, smart man. All right, we're moving on from that. That'll wrap us up, guys. This is, hey, Parliament. this is just two touchdown game right here. Watch. <laughs> Probably. Knowing how this season's gone, he's going to win somebody a million dollars. But that'll wrap us up for part one of the DFS OGs podcast. Thank you again for tuning in. Guys, any final thoughts here for part one? We'll obviously be back tomorrow with part two, the late games, and all the great user questions, of course. But anything here in part one you want to, you want to wrap us up about? Chop. Uh, part one, no, it's pretty straightforward. But uh, I'm looking at my Roto Grinders page, and I got a blinking message from Baseballs. The, he got banned from Twitter. He sent me a DM on RG, but I, it won't let me open it. So, guys, come on, guys, get behind the scenes and let me open that message. I need to see what Baseballs has to say. <laughs> so maybe we'll get to that. Maybe we'll do a little bonus content because he's usually pretty good with the questions. Derek, any final thoughts here for part one of week seven? Wow, just looking at the early slate, it's pretty ugly. Um, outside of the Browns and Bucks and, uh, you know, the, the Bears and Patriots, it's going to be pretty ugly. So uh, it might be one of those low-scoring weeks. Yeah, and looking at the, the part two, we got three afternoon games, Sunday night, Monday night. So that, that'll be a quick football analysis. Again, we'll have some fun with some user questions. But covered you with football here. Covered you with the finger doctors, Chop likes to call them. A little, little uh, fire <laughs> alarm talk. The moon river, man. The moon river, man. There you go. You know, we're covering your smoke detectors here. We're, we're doing it all. But, again, we appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. Or Chop, or Noto. I am beer. Saying salut. We're out of here. See you guys.